and welcome to Storytime with Avant-Garde Books. I'm Cherie Hardy and I hope you are well. I am going to be reading Pigskins to Paintbrushes, the story of football playing artist Ernie Barnes. This book was illustrated and written by award-winning author Don Tate. Well, if you have a copy, you know what you can do. Just follow along with me. But if you don't, it's quite okay. Make sure you're in a very comfortable place and you relax and listen to Pigskins to Paintbrushes, the story of football playing artist Ernie Barnes. Sports didn't come easy for Ernie. He couldn't run very fast. He couldn't dribble a basketball to save his life. No one picked him to play on the, their team. Ernest felt pretty lousy about it all. I couldn't conform easily to the athletic ideal, he said, once said. It seemed most everyone expected boys to be good at sports, especially in the bottom, a neighborhood of hardworking but poor African Americans in Durham, North Carolina. Ernest was good at something, however. He was good at art. In his sketch pad, he drew pictures of trees and clouds, animals and people. In the mud, after a light rain, he sketched flowing lines all over his yard. Ernest never said much. His artwork was his voice. Opportunities to learn about art were slim for kids in the bottom during the 1930s. Art museums, as well as restaurants, hotels, and most colleges were off limits to black people. Segregation was a law that kept white and black people apart. Laws didn't stop Ernest Ernest's mother from finding a way. Ernest's father was a shipping clerk at a tobacco company in Durham. His mother worked in the home of an attorney, a man who loved classical music and art. Sometimes she took Ernest along to her job. While she worked, Ernest scanned art books the attorney had welcomed him to look at, books brimming with the works of revered artists such as Toulouse Autrec, Delacroix and Michelangelo. Bold, expressive brushstrokes, bright, vivid colors, long, exaggerated physiques painted Ernest's memory for years to come. At school, Ernest was a bully magnet, a boy who didn't play sports, who loved art, played the trombone, and enjoyed reading poetry. He got teased for being different. They hated me, he once said. One day after class, kids circled around. They shoved Ernest. They snatched away his trombone. Ernest failed and skinned his knee. After that, his teachers allowed him to leave school early to avoid more fights. At home, Ernest flooded his sketch pad with hurt feelings. When I was at home and drawing, I was happy. I made friends with lines, Ernest later said. The taunts continued in junior high. One day, someone walloped him over the head with a book. Every eye fixed on Ernest. He froze. Always drawing, someone said. You're going to be an artist, babe. Someone else mocked. Then someone blurted out, He ain't got no guts. That's why he won't play. Play football. That's what real boys do. So many people thought. When the teasing became unbearable, Ernest dragged himself to the coach's office and joined the football team. Practice drills began with an ear-piercing whistle, but Ernest couldn't keep up. Running in a helmet and pads was like exercising in an oven. 
The coach fumed. You never will be nothing, he yelled. His berating didn't stop there. You too pretty to play this game. That was it. Ernest quit the team. In high school, the pressure to play football turned up again. A large boy like Ernest, everyone thought, would surely make a great defensive lineman. Ernest had a plan, though. He instructed his mother to just say no should any coaches come snooping around to ask about him joining the team, but she didn't listen. Over a prayer and a plate of fried chicken, she and the coach made the final decision. Ernest would become number 73 on the Hillside Hornets. Ernest was miserable, but his sketch pad and pencil soothed him. In a quiet hallway, far from the football field, Ernest released his troubles onto the page. Then one day, he got caught. What are you doing here, boy? A voice cut the silence. It was Mr. Tucker, the weightlifting coach. He took Ernest's sketch pad. But then Mr. Turner smiled. Tucker smiled. Did you do these drawings, he asked? Yes, sir, Ernest said. Mr. Tucker chatted with Ernest about his art. They talked about football and grades, too, and bodybuilding. Turned out exercise had helped Mr. Tucker to become a better athlete. Could bodybuilding help Ernest to become a better football player? Maybe. Ernest couldn't wait to find out. For a while, Ernest's attention turned away from art. Instead, he focused on building muscle. At home, he followed Mr. Tucker's instructions. He exercised and lifted weights. He pushed himself all summer. When football season began in the fall, Ernest was a muscle machine with confidence to match. Not only did he play football, but Ernest also became the team captain. Later, he joined the track team too, becoming state champion in the shot put. By graduation, he had earned 26 athletic scholarships to colleges and universities. After that, no one messed with a six foot three, nearly 250 pound lineman again. I found a groove, Ernest later said. I love to win. No offers came from Duke University, only seven miles from his home or from the University of North Carolina. Black players weren't allowed. Segregation was still the law. His mom promised him a car if he'd stay at home and attend nearby North Carolina College, an all-black school that welcomed him with a full-ride scholarship. And so that's what Ernest did. He played hard-nosed football. He heaved the discus and hurled the shot put, but his heart longed to create. Ernest quit the track team to devote more time to developing as an artist. I never left art, Ernest said. He adored the large art, large studio classrooms, the easels, the sweet smell of oil paint. He studied anatomy, perspective, light, and shade. He experimented with new mediums like charcoal and inks. He learned, and he learned, more about art history, too. Sometimes, Ernest got stuck for ideas on what to paint. He asked his art teacher about it. If you're going to be an artist, You've got to work from your experiences, the teacher told Ernest. When you're on the field, check out what is going on around you. Ernest listened. Then he realized how football and art were one and the same. Both required rhythm. Both required technique. Passing, pulling, breaking down the field. That was art. For Ernest, art and football 
could not be divided. From that point forward, he painted images from the game of football. While Ernest grew up admiring art and books, he never actually been, he had never he'd never actually been to an art museum. Laws prevented that, but now the laws had changed. When an upcoming field trip to the North Carolina Museum of Art was announced, Ernest was over the moon excited. Other than the post office, the museum was the fanciest place he had ever been. Some paintings on the walls were realistic, others were abstract. Ernest was having a great time, but he also felt disappointed. Something was missing. Where are the paintings by Negro artists? He asked the museum guide. I'm afraid your people don't express themselves this way, she said. Words as cold as ice. Words Ernest knew weren't true. Laws had changed. People's attitude had not. After college, Ernest was ready to pursue a career in art. He even sold his first painting to a basketball player. The $90 I received was great, Ernest said. But the real excitement was in having him hang my paintings in his home. Nothing slowed Ernest's dreams, except for maybe one thing, an offer to play for the American Football League. On draft day, professional teams chose players, and Ernest hoped to get picked. A career in football could make him a rich man. On the morning of the draft, he opened the sports section of the newspaper and searched for his name. Ernest's hands were sweating. His heart pounded. Several of his teammates were listed, but his name was missing. Then he saw it. Ernest Barnes, a tackle at North Carolina College. He dashed out to the garden to show his mom. Look, mama, look, I got drafted by the Colts. Wow, imagine that. The kid from the bottom, who no one chose to play on their team, was now in demand from the biggest football league in the nation. Ernest would become a professional football player. The world champion Baltimore Colts had been eyeing Ernest throughout his college years. Soon they jetted him off to Baltimore to watch the championship game and to sign the contract. Ernest could not sleep that night. Excited, he spiraled out of bed and grabbed a paintbrush. Then he expressed his delight on canvas, painting a picture of his new teammate. He named the artwork The Bench. When a sports writer learned about Ernest, he requested an interview. A football playing artist? Now, there's a story to tell. But when the article was printed in the Baltimore News Post, Ernest's name was misspelled as Ernie. From that day forward, Ernest Barnes became known as Ernie Barnes, and the football playing artist was just fine with that. Officially, Ernie Barnes was a Baltimore Colt, but new players had to make it through training camp before officially making the team, which proved to be tougher than Ernie had imagined. Guys in the big leagues were larger than college players. Muscle-bound bodies bashed, heads banged, sometimes clashes were bloody. Ernest gave his best, but it wasn't good enough. By the final day of camp, he had not he had been cut from the Colts. Ernie was crushed. He wasn't without a job for very long though. His next he was next signed to play for the New York Titans. Later, he played for the San Diego, Char San Diego Chargers before ending up on the Denver Broncos. Art remained in Ernie's heart, even on the field. Before games, Ernie slipped the stub of a pencil and a notebook into his sock.
During timeouts, he scribbled notes of what he's seen while playing. He recorded what his body felt like when, he, when it moved. He planned how he could splash with that moment onto canvas later. Sketching during team meetings was a big no-no, however. One time, a coach fined him $100 as punishment. His teammates didn't mind, though. They nicknamed him Big Rembrandt after the famous Dutch artist. Five seasons of football slogged by. Ernie battled on the gridiron, but his heart ached for more time to paint. After an injury, Ernie decided it was time to retire from football. He was 27 years old. Was his football career over? Definitely not. Ernie had a plan. At a meeting with league owners, he asked to be hired back, not as a player, but as an artist, the official artist of the American Football League. The owners got quiet as Ernie pled his case. No one knew quite how to respond. An artist? For a football league? They were confused. Owners of the New York Jets liked the idea, however, and Ernie soon joined their team. Yes, as an artist, he quickly went to work creating 30 new paintings in just a few months. A solo art show at the Manhattan Gallery was soon arranged by Sonny Werblin, the owner of the Jets. On the night of the exhibition, the gallery quickly swarmed with football players, art critics, sports announcers, and reporters. Ernie was worried, his nerves like jelly. Had he made a mistake? Would anyone even purchase a painting? A phone call from his mother calmed him. She offered a prayer, then sent him off to greet his guests. Ernie's paintings were dynamic. Lights and shadows swirled, lines and patterns sang. The raw muscle of football danced with the grace of a ballerina. Ernie began painting the people of the black community he so admired. This collection of paintings he called The Beauty of the Ghetto. One of his paintings was featured on the national television show Good Times. Ernie even appeared on the show twice. In the spring of 1979, Ernie's art career turned full circle when he exhibited at the North Carolina Museum of Art. Surely he thought about the tour guide from 23 years ago, the one who said that black people didn't express themselves artistically. He must have thought about all the bullies who teased him for wanting to be an artist. Maybe he thought about his father, who had passed away by now and hadn't believed art was a good career choice. Ernest Barnes had been a boy who liked art. He was shy, he was quiet. Others tried to decide who he should be. But Ernest decided for himself. He became an athlete, he became an artist. This boy could be anything he wanted to be. Football demands creativity, Ernest once said. From pig skins to paintbrushes, Ernie Barnes grew to be a man successful at being himself. Wow, boys and girls, the end. This wonderful book was Pig Skins to Paintbrushes, the story of football playing artist Ernie Barnes, written and illustrated by Don Tate. Boys and girls, I hope you enjoyed the story. Don't forget to subscribe to our educational YouTube channel. Have a beautiful day. Take care.